Hello, and welcome to the Candid Conversation podcast brought to you by the Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging team. These podcasts are transformed from our live streams, which happen on the second Thursday of every month at 11.30 a.m. Pacific. During these Candid Conversations, we explore the range of diversity of our Sunrunners, hear their perspectives on uncomfortable topics in an engaging, constructive, and safe forum. Today's topic, Being Black in Corporate America, features panelists from our Black Plus ERG. Thank you for joining us today for our live stream. Uh, The title today is called Being Black in Corporate America. Uh, I'd like to introduce myself. My name is Marcus Accord. I am the head of diversity, inclusion, and belonging here at Sunrun. So I'm excited to, to get this conversation started. So what we're doing today, we're starting a, what we're calling the inclusion series. Uh, the purpose of these is to open up some conversation, to create an environment that celebrates the broad range of diversity that we have here at Sunrun, to also help us create a more inclusive culture so that we can get to know each other, understand our, our fellow Sunrunners better, enhance a sense of belonging. You, you noticed I mentioned when I, I introduced myself, uh, I'm leading diversity, inclusion, and belonging. So how do we help all Sunrunners feel like they, they truly belong and contribute here at Sunrun? Uh, we're going to do that through a series of things. Uh, one will be some coffee chats uh, where we bring in some leaders here at Sunrun uh, and also some external speakers in a very conversational style, talk about the topics of the day. Um, we're going to also do some films and discussions. There are several documentaries. You may have seen some that we included in the recent resources for Juneteenth. So our plan is to show a few films and documentaries and then have a follow-up panel discussion afterwards to talk about those. And then finally, what we're we're starting here today uh, is what we're calling Candid Conversations. These are town hall-style discussions to encourage dialogue in a safe, constructive forum. You notice I didn't say comfortable. You don't grow without being a little bit uncomfortable. So our intent isn't to, to make everyone feel comfortable, but it is to do it in a safe, constructive forum where you can, you can ask questions, uh, where you can touch on some topics that uh, you may not be used to talking about. So that's what we're hoping to get started here. Uh, we want everyone to you know, be respectful in these conversations, uh, but we are going to touch on some things you may not have done before. So today's topic uh, is called Being Black in Corporate America. Uh, it's being presented by our Black Plus ERG. This is the first, as I mentioned. We're going to have several more topics. And at the end and in our, our survey, we'll ask you to recommend additional topics, additional speakers, things that you would like to see us introduce. So uh, with that, I will hand it over. I'd like to thank everyone for attending today. And it is an honor to have you here so that we can have these, these discussions. But we also know that our basic mission is to create a planet run by the sun. And as the technology improves, we are also moving forward with the future where we can power through. So there's always energy for everyone. And with creating a planet run by the sun, um, the goal of Sunrun's ERGs is to have Sunrun lead the way to solar for everyone. So we're excited to bring this discussion to you today from, as Marcus said, the Black Plus ERG. So we'll roll into what our agenda for the day is. Thank you again. I um, want to thank everyone else for joining us. Um, but over the next hour, we're going to be having an open and varied discussion about being Black in corporate America, uh, as we mentioned, brought to you by Sunrun Black Plus ERG. But during this candid conversation live stream, we're going to discuss important topics that impact 
all Sunrun employees and specifically the Black community. Uh, some topics that we'll discuss include, you know, a behind the scenes look at the experience of being Black in corporate America during a time of societal unrest. The benefits of having diversity and leadership to mentor and support future leaders. Some of the challenges and misconceptions that people have regarding diversity and inclusion, specifically regarding the Black community. And what Sunrun is doing and could be doing in order to drive more diversity in leadership at Sunrun. And so to get us started, again, introduce myself. I'll be moderating our discussion today. Uh, my name is Marcus Accord. I am the head of diversity, inclusion, and belonging. I've been at Sunrun now about three weeks as a full-time Sunrunner. Prior to that, I did some consulting work here for a couple of months. And what I'm hoping to accomplish, so it's one thing we're going to ask each of, the, each of our panelists today, is to just create uh, a relaunch our ERGs uh, to get employees involved, connected to this work. And, and I want to reemphasize, you don't have to be of the identity of these ERGs to participate. We're looking for all Sunrunners to join and learn about the experiences of your fellow Sunrunner and to actually, you know, work with our leadership teams as well to how do we move, uh, move the needle and, and, and make Sunrun a better place for all to, to participate. So next, I'll hand it over to, to O'Rob. All right. So uh, before we dive in uh, to this point, I, I just wanted to bring up, you know, over the past few weeks, I've had quite a few peers that have, have reached out wanting to, to know how can I be involved. So a few, few things to know. There is a, a study that was completed by the, the Center for Talent and Innovation about being Black in corporate America. There's tons of good data and insight in this study. Uh, you'll find that study and other resources in the links, which we'll post in One Sun Run after this stream. So I am a sales development supervisor. I've been with Sunrun for four years now, um, actually four years and one month. There's you know, quite a bit that I, that I really want to get out of this group. As I mentioned, I've had few, uh, a few peers that have reached out and have asked for, for ways that they could support. And, um, and that's a big part of what I'd like to, to get out of this group, not only encouraging diversity and, and some leadership, but also just actually having a resource for, for anyone that's out there that may not understand or may just want to have a better um, a better grasp of other experiences. My name is Amanda Miller. I am a regional sales manager in the Inside Sales organization. Um, I've been here at Sunrun for three years uh, last week. Super excited to be a Sunrunner every day still. You know, what I hope to accomplish as uh, I'm, I'm actually the chair of the Black Plus ERG for this year, this next year. And, and what I hope to accomplish is um, I'd like to see some movement in, in leadership being more inclusive of, uh, of our Black Sunrunners and see some more promotion from that di diverse group. So I guess that's what good looks like to me as we, um, you know, specific to the mission of the Black ERG. And my name is Emmett Muckles. I am the senior training analyst um, based out of Chicago, covering basically half the United States. I've been in solar for about 10 years, developing programs for North America. And one of the big things for me is to inspire and give people the idea that, you know, this is available to them, to get them into solar because it literally is our future. Everything about solar says it is going to help the next generation to thrive in not only generating new economies, but new technologies as well. Oh, and I've been here about 15 months. 
Thank you very much, everyone. Uh, I want to make sure before we move on, uh, it also introduced two other members of our, our Black Plus ERG leadership team who aren't on the panel today. So Keisha Perez is one of our leaders, and as is Deji uh, Fatunla. So we have we have a really robust, strong Black Plus ERG leadership team who stretch across uh, different roles at Sunrun. So we're really excited to to have that leadership team leadership team in place. And Chris Dawson is the executive sponsor of this Black Plus ERG. So really grateful for his his leadership. And again, I want to just let everyone know these we although we did discuss the topics, these are just very open conversations and and, and feedback from the panelists. So one of the first questions is uh, with all of the, the different cultural societal societal events going on this year, talk to me about how that's affected you and your family and then also how that that shows up for you at work. So let's start with you, Amanda. Yeah, um 2020, right? Um, I've seen some uh, some great, you know, funny memes. We have to try and find the humor, I think, uh, in everyday life about 2020 has been, uh, been a wake up in a, in a lot of different ways. Um, but specifically, you know, I, I want to touch on the experience that I think we've all seen. Um, we've talked a little bit about um, as, uh, as Sunrunners, you know, many of us have probably talked a lot about it, the, the tragedy with, uh, with Mr. George Floyd. And, you know, the way that that affected my family is it was another shake to the core, to be honest. Um, and it's, it's not anything that, you know, I, I can remember being out marching, you know, over these topics five years ago, four years ago, seven years ago. And it was just a, a, an awakening of sadness, to be honest. Um, there's, there's nothing like the, the realization or the feeling that you know, because of something so simple as your, you know, the pigment in your epidermis, you may be seen as less than by, by some others and, and by society as a whole, you know, because of different systems and processes that have been put in place, not all together and not always maliciously even, but, you know, that, that affect me um, and, and, my son and my wife differently as a family unit. And so that's kind of what I've taken away or, or and, and what we've dealt with and, and how it changes and deals in, um, in the work environment is, you know, there were times when throughout, you know, this whole, I'll, I'll call it even a one month span where it was tough smiling and, and being in, in meetings and just acting as if, everything was okay. You know, I have to be there for, for my team and, and, you know, and I'm, a, I'm a part of a team, but you know, there were days where it was hard to smile because there was so much weight, you know, on me as, as a parent and as a black woman um, and, you know, dealing with everything that was going on and that's still going on in society. Thank you for sharing. Emmett, any, any thoughts, comments? Yeah. You know, for me, it was, it was surreal in the fact that I, I'm a little bit armored over time because of my travels throughout the world because I have you know a Euro-American family and most of it was watching and explaining some of the things that that occurred to my children who just did not understand but also in that it's relationships that you see are, are starting to be strained because you see the reactions from people that you've dealt with day to day and I'm not just talking about at work I'm just talking about overall day to day that may not flow into your ideology of what the situation is. And these are people that you've known for some time. So it puts a strain on 
on a person psychologically where it makes them leery about being adventurous socially. And when I, in, in this era of COVID, what I mean by socially is your, your field starts to get narrower and narrower. And that can even happen in the workplace as well, where there are people that you interacted with. Now you start to retract. But if you have open dialogue and, and you're honest without emotion, that's the important thing because it garners emotion. If you have to control your emotion and think about fact-based scenarios of why and what happened, then you can move forward in a positive manner. Because once we get deeply emotional about it, if we take it off and look at people and where they come from, taking our eyeballs out and seeing it from their point of view, maybe you can help them understand what's going on. Thank you for sharing. Rob, you know, we, we kind of touched on the experiences outside of work. Talk about your experience having to come to work in, in this environment where there's these tragedies happening outside and in, in communities you know, when, when coworkers want to talk about other things. And, and uh, so love to hear your thoughts and, and experiences there. I, I will say that I've, I've kind of built a bubble around myself in a way. I try to avoid looking at mass media. And usually whenever there's a big enough news story, I find out about it from, you know, just from, from word of mouth, just conversations. So for me to first hear about it, I, I hear, okay, you know, this is something else that's happening again. And I, I want to, to kind of have, again, like I want to, to shield myself from it. Um, not that that makes it any better, but after a while, I, I continue hearing and, and I eventually go and find videos and I, I watch and learn more just so that I can have a better understanding of, of what happened so that I can have more conversation about these things. You know, I have two boys that are three and four. And of course, as time goes on, they're going to start to ask me more of these questions as well. But as far as work, it's one thing to, to be able to talk about it, you know, if it comes up. However, I, I again, I, I try to build a bubble around myself. So at times I just focus on, hey, this is work. This is the job that's got to get done. Let's, let's focus on this right now, almost as if, as if it's a, a distraction. But I would say like going into work, it's tough to really articulate everything, uh, everything that goes through, almost like there's different levels of, of comfort with uh, who I can and, and will uh, speak to. That's a great point. If that you makes know, any sense. It, 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 it does. It's a great point. I think there's one thing I've learned that there is no monolithic experience, right? So I think for you to, to be able to build that bubble and, and when you can come in and can come in and come out, I'd love to come back to Amanda to talk about that's kind of that same same question, you know, when, when you're coming to work and, and all of these things are happening outside and, and, and in your daily life and what that means for you when you come to work, how are you able to, um, to just navigate that on a, on a daily basis? You know, it's, it's a great question. And so I, you know, I want to start by kind of touching on, um, in my role, um, you know, I am, I'm the, the only black female in leadership in my part of the organization. And so there's, you know, there's a little bit of feeling of spotlight or, you know, Amanda's going to have the answer to this, um, you know, kind of that feeling of um, I have to help solve this, right? 
and as the conversation, because we we did have, you know, in in the sales organization, we did have a a um, a couple of conversations about it on a on a large scale. But you know, I noticed that the smaller the the group gets, the more uncomfortability starts to show from those who may may have never either thought about or or dealt with or or experienced, you know, what the the day to day life is when you know, I'm in a position where I feel like, goodness, we can leave it at the door, right? At, that's, you know, an old idiom. It's, it's probably not true in, in the world that we're in today because we're, we're, enti- we're entire people, right? Everyone is a whole person, um, not, not just a work person and, and a home person and a, and a different person when they're with their friends. And so, you know, there's, there's compartmentalization, of course, but there's also, you know, that that want to feel, you know, a little bit of, of, of support as well and an openness from your uh, the people that you see. You know, I, even in this in, uh, environment that we're in in you know, COVID working from home, I spend more time right with um, with the people that I see every day at work. And so you build relationships. And I want to touch back to something that Emmett said earlier is, you know, as these kind of eye opening events happen there's there's a there there can be a bit of a divide that starts to happen between yourself and people who you you worked with and and dealt with and interacted with on a regular basis for you know months weeks years where the topic was never discussed and then once it is you you realize that your your ideologies on the topic are very different can i add to that Absolutely, you know please do there's this one thing that if you're a person of color, you are you have a, a very valuable commodity within your soul, which is trust. And it is so valuable that you don't give it to everyone or you give pieces of it. It's kind of like pieces of a company, a stock. You can get only so many shares while someone else will get a breath of shares until that's breached and then they're taken back. So what you will find is, or what you can't experience is, you know, you'll see someone retract, they'll become quiet. And that's so that they don't offend or they don't push this envelope in the work environment because, and this will lend itself to the topic that we're going to hit upon next, is you have to understand certain boundaries that historically have been placed upon people of color in the workplace. There was an old term of last hired, first fired. And that's generational. That carries on to the DNA. So when you get into these situations, it becomes very precarious for us in the fact that we feel that we have to be very careful in the footsteps that we take so that we can maintain a certain portion of our life. Absolutely. And and that's a great point to bring us to the next slide and next topic there, which is code switching. So let's talk about the term code switching. Coming back to Rob, had you heard of the term code switching before? And, and uh, let's talk about what that, that means to you. We talked about it in our, our prep discussions. So I, I would say no. Um, it's you know definitely a, a term that I had never heard of, but you know after like digging in and, and really starting to understand exactly what code switching is, I, I realized, hey, this is something that I've been doing my entire life. You know, I could talk to my wife and then I could go and talk to my mom. Like, 
I grew up in, in the South, in North Carolina. So, of course, my Southern twang is going to come out if I'm talking to my parents. But beyond that, that's kind of how I originally thought of it. But it, it actually uh, applies in many different situations because, of course, my way of speaking at home is going to be different in the workplace as well. So, you know, even in the workplace, it's different depending on who I'm speaking to. And it's not something that I'm consciously doing. It's it, it's just a matter of uh, it, it's like an automatic transition. At times, I may be aware of it, but in most cases, I'm not. It's kind of like uh, like being a, a chameleon, like just having to constantly adjust to fit for my for my environment. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a great point. And, and as we talked about, I do the same. You know, I, I talk to my friends and, and family may be different than when I come to work. But the difference is, as a white male, you know, I, everything in my language is typically fits within what the, the, tip, the majority corporate environment is, where you may have idioms and language and, and terms from your, your family and friends and environment that there's that feel like you need to change. And, and, and hopefully that's something we're we, we get away from. So um, I'd love Emmett or yeah, Emmett uh, talk about. Yeah, you know, the term code switching is a relatively new term in the diaspora of America, but it's an old acronym, which it just means it just has a new title because people of color coming up from the South and coming to this country, when they interacted outside of their community, they had to conduct themselves in a certain fashion. If anyone's ever watched the show Star Trek, there was this group of beings called the Borg and their model was you will be assimilated. There is no choice. And understanding that, you know that you have to put someone at ease. And one of the easiest ways or one of the most common ways to put someone at ease is through communication. If someone, because it, it speaks volumes in certain instances about your character. For instance, for me, my wife is Austrian. And when I go to Austria, I narrowly speak because I don't have a command of the, of the language, although I understand a great deal. But the code switching comes into play where it's basically business speak in a social setting so that you don't upset the status quo. There were names of it in the 60s and 50s, but it's got this new thing where you have one way with your friends and family, but then, and it's typically with people you don't know, you go to the, basically the Queen's English well as possible so as not to give any judgment. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, a, it's a great point. I'd, I'd love to, to get Amanda's thoughts on this as well. I mean, we, we, we talk about being inclusive and, and belonging and, and, and should you have to, you know, almost put a mask on when you come to work to try to fit into that corporate culture. You know, I, I, we, we talk a lot about culture fit and, and that drives me nuts, to be honest, as a diversity and inclusion professional. I don't want people to, to feel like they have to fit. Like, how do you, how do you maintain your own sense of identity uh, when you come to work. So I, I'd love uh, Amanda to comment as well. Yeah, you know, I'll answer that as well. But I'll mention that I think code switching is more than just linguistics. Code switching, you know, to me and um, and the way I've experienced it is it's it's in the way that you you speak, yes, but it's also in the way that that you carry yourself. It's in the way that you interact. I'll give an example for myself. 
I'm a very, very impassioned person on any given day, you know, speaking with friends, family, siblings, you know, I'll get into very lively conversation and at times, you know, raise my voice jovially, right? It's just the way that my my family is. Um, I, I remember actually uh, at one point I, I had um, a new friend who was hanging out with myself and my siblings and they were like, do you guys talk? Do you, are you guys always arguing? It's like, we didn't argue once while, while we were there. What do you mean? It's like, you guys were yelling at each other the whole time. It's like, no, we weren't yelling at each other. That's just how we talk, right? And, um, and it was just a very, you know, impassioned conversation. In the workplace, you will never, almost never see that Amanda because I have experienced throughout my career where that Amanda showed up where, you know, I've seen that XYZ show up, you know, that other person, right, show up in the office and it's, they're very passionate or, you know, they, they just got excited. But in my experience, when that Amanda showed up, um, in my experience in the past, you know, I was pulled aside for being angry or um, upsetting others or you, you scared someone. And so I found that, you know, some people may have heard of the, um, the angry black woman, right? Where emotion or passion is superimposed on, if you are of the, the black female variety, you don't m- maybe have that license to, um, to, to become impassioned um, in the work environment because it's, it's threatening or it's aggressive. And so that's a, an additional side of code switching to myself that, that I've experienced. And Marcus, to, um, to your point or, or to your question, it's an everyday thought and think of never letting your guard down. And, um, and, and I, I hope that that comes across where I'm very careful about sharing, you know, I've, I've learned a lot of, about my, uh, my colleagues and my peers and, and, and throughout my, my career, not just at Sunrun, but I'm, I'm very guarded about sharing my own personal life experience, background, and, you know, to the language side of it, you, you can hear certain words, bro, things like that. I, I hear that all the time, you know, um, in, um, in a business setting, but there are, you know, certain words. And, you know, in, in the 90s, we talked about Ebonics, right? Um, today, we're talking about code switching and, and linguistics. But there are, there are ways that you just can't, uh, you, you just have to always be on point to make sure that the way that I might say this relaxed is, um, is never going to be the way that it comes out in a, in a professional setting. And it's more than just carrying yourself professionally, because I'm not saying that there should ever be a license to carry yourself unprofessionally. I, I do not believe in that. However, I think that there, there is a, a shorter distance, a, a shorter line, a shorter rope at times and for, um, for the Black community. And, and that's what code switching is to me. And when I say a shorter rope, I mean a shorter distance between what is professional and unprofessional. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. You know, and I think that's important for us as non-Black Sunrunners to recognize and work to, you know, everyone should have the same opportunity there. And, and I shared with all of you some of my experiences doing this work and looking at things like performance reviews and, and, and managers would rate people with the same, uh, you know, exhibiting the same behaviors, but they would describe one, one individual as being angry, 
and the other is being passionate for exhibiting the exact same behaviors. And that's something we want to work through together as, as sun owners to make sure we're, uh, we don't have that bias, that, that everyone, you know, express yourself the way that you need to without having to do this, this code switching. Emmett, looks like you had a, had a comment. Yeah, I just, you know, much of what she said was just so on the mark. And, you know, sometimes it's not just, when I say communications, I mean personal communication, how you communicate yourself to the world. And, I mean, it comes down to the car I drive so that I don't get pulled over. It, it, it depends on the clothes that I wear in situations. It is really that encompassing. It is, it is very deep. It is very strategic because it can literally be the difference between A, life or death, or B, employment or unemployment. Because I've seen so many times where people are discounted because of the perception. We could probably stay on this topic all day, but let's get moving over to our next topic, which is kind of internal at Sunrise. So let's talk about what mentorship and sponsorship means, what the differences are between the two, and, and what, what we should and, and, and could be doing here at Sunrise. So I'll open this up to anybody who wants to, wants to touch on this. I'll go for this one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, for me, when I came to Chicago, it was, it was really imperative because I saw the aha moments and certain segments of the trainees that were coming in because they saw someone that looked like them that was in a leadership position and who, and it was necessary for me to, to make a command of the audience, but also to make them feel comfortable. And, and that doesn't really go to a African-American male to an African-American male. It could be anyone because many times we talk strictly in terms of color, but sometimes it's in, it's in terms of economics because some people don't feel empowered. And if they find somebody who is doing the things that they did not think was possible, they can communicate with and share their aspirations or their what they feel their limitations are. That's where the mentorship comes in when the fact that I reach out to you and say, look, I see the great things in you. You can do this. That mentorship alone can be enough. But then there's the other part. Like I said, I have a very a Euro-American family, and I've done some work in Europe. And there, the mentorship starts at about the age of 14, where you leave school and you become an apprentice. So by the time you're in your 30s, you're in middle management because you've learned the process along the way. And that's one of the things that I see here is that we start to bring them in younger and, and I don't exclude that, but you bring them in and bring them through the process because one of the big things about mentorship, especially in corporate America, is there's a way to go. There's a, there's a mindset that you have to have to move in a specific direction or to ascend. And sometimes people are just ignorant of the fact that, that mindset exists. And to help them along, you have to give them examples. We wouldn't know how to build a rocket ship if the Wright brothers hadn't built an airplane. So sometimes you just need stepping stones or a hand up, and I don't mean it in a negative term. It's just someone that says, here's the path. This is the way to go. This is the easiest path to go. There are other paths, but you have that option. Yeah, so the, the difference between mentorship and sponsorship to me is 
Mentorship is, is someone taking someone and, and helping to kind of teach them or, or, or um, course correct, coaching, um, sharing, you know, how to, um, how to better themselves in, in where they are today and also, um, you know, help them to get to a path that, that they've helped to, um, to write out of where they want to go. I think sponsorship is something that's, that's very important as well. And the way I see sponsorship is being able to take one of your mentors and understanding that they are, they have the, 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 uh, I don't want to say potential. They have the, the outlook or, um, and can succeed in the next level and, and then actually sponsoring them, putting your name next to theirs. I, you know, I believe that this person is, is ready for this next step. Um, I'd like to help them go through the process. And if they, they are moved forward, I'm, I'm going to continue to mentor them um, along the way as well. Um, I think what's, what's really important um, when we talk about mentorship and sponsorship as it pertains to diversity, inclusion, and belonging is there's, you know, there's a saying out there um, of you can't be what you can't see. And if every day, you know, you're, you're coming to work and doing your absolute you loot best and you, and you have um, goals and plans and your, um, your goal setting and you're, you're knocking things off of your, off of your list, but you can't see anyone who looks like you in those roles or in those, those next levels. It's harder to, um, to see yourself there. It's harder to, um, to envision and, and picture and, and um, know, you know what the steps are. So you take the layers of, you know, are we mentoring and are we sponsoring? Even those who, again, going back to code switching, who maybe don't fit within the, the conformity of who who I believe um, just because someone speaks a little bit differently than me or has different experiences or doesn't do something exactly how I would do it doesn't mean that they can't or couldn't do the job or, you know, the promotion as we're speaking well. And so mentoring and sponsoring are extremely important. And I'm not at all suggesting that mentoring or sponsoring has to be um, of the same race, but we do have to also recognize that human nature and, you know, there are sociological and, and studies out there, lots of them. Um, and you can look to also, you know, the being black in corporate America study by CTI group that we'll be sharing out. But there are a lot of studies and a lot of research that shows that people are more apt and, and more, it's more natural to sponsor someone who reminds you of yourself on a myriad of different levels. And one of those levels is just, it's physiology, right? It's, um, it's human nature. It's subconscious. It's not, it's not conscious, but when someone looks like you and you see yourself in them, right, you're more apt to sponsor them. And so that's where it's really important for us to, to start having more and more diversity up the ladder as well, because that's how we continue to have more and more diversity up the ladder, if, if you would. You made me think of a quote I've heard many times that uh, talent is evenly dispersed, but opportunities aren't. And, and so to your point of mentoring and sponsorship, you tend to find that affinity, someone like you. So our ask of all Sunrunners is, is to reach out to someone uh, of a different different identity than you, whatever that is, and think about how you might mentor or sponsor them. I'd like to go into the next slide, kind of what, what we've touched on. And we just wanted to share uh, numbers are numbers. This is what uh, Sunrun's current demographics are. 
And I do want to point out a couple of things. One is that that undeclared area. This is as Sunrunners joined, they chose not to self-identify. And our ask of all of you is to go back in the workday, think about self-identifying, because that helps us understand where, where our Sunrunners are, what your demographics are. But you can see, as we're specifically talking today about the, the Black or African-American community, today we're at 6.3% of all Sunrunners. What I didn't share here was at the, at the leadership levels, as you go up, that number gets smaller and smaller. And so to the point that we've heard from, from everybody on the panel today is it's harder to see yourself uh, staying in an organization when you don't see anyone that looks like you at those more senior levels. So our ask of all of you, in addition to self-identifying, is how do we make sure our leadership levels are more representative than they are today? And so uh, one last question. Uh, so our, our next, what's next slide? Uh, I want to ask all of you before we get to answering some questions. What would success look like here at Sunrun, both within the ERG and just overall, as we talk about how we support each of you and everyone else who might identify as being Black Plus or African-American here at Sunrun? So I'll come to Emmett first, and then we'll, we'll go to Rob and Amanda after that. For me, it would be to have you know just a representation and I don't mean a representation that's forced. I mean, just giving the opportunity to people to ascend to that level, to take them, take them seriously, to offer it to them so that we can get a true representation. Because the one thing that can be negative is just putting someone in, in a place because they represent an archetype versus, but they have to know the opportunity is there, at least see the numbers start to move in that direction. Because what will happen is when the opportunities are presented, that will empower more people to say the opportunity is there. I am going to take it when these opportunities come up because you don't want something where you're just um, feeling chess pieces. That goes against the grain. But also, like I said, a lot of this comes down to communication. When you have progressive dialogue that allows people to gain understanding and remove themselves from this firmware ignorance that may be built into them from not being exposed. Because, you know, most of America is a very open land and there's not diversity. The only time that they see people of color is what they see on television and that's not always represented in the best light. And so to see those, uh, have those opportunities, be able to ascend and access those opportunities will provide some great things in the future. Rob? Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely agree with that. It's, I feel like it's, you know, it's definitely going to have to, we have to continue the, the discussion, not just one-on-ones, but, you know, in, in group settings as well. Questions are, are going to come up. You know, we have to continue having this mutual respect for each other just to continue learning about everyone. For me, I definitely want to touch on that there have been, you know, a lot of positive experiences here at Sunrun. But from the Black community, I can tell my, myself as, as an example. I, I also want to touch on, and I want to make sure that I say this, no one is asking or and no one is suggesting that, that we hire or promote people because they're Black. I think it's important to say that, especially in a candid conversation like this. What good looks like to me 
is giving the opportunity for mentorship. You know, if you're in a position of leadership, are you mentoring those who are have shown interest? Are you asking out if there are people in your organization who are interested in leadership? When when we're hiring, when we're recruiting, are we asking, you know, hey, I have this position that I'm looking to hire and you know, everyone I've interviewed um, is from, you know, one area. Have I really looked at the full talent pool? And I would implore also that we are looking at if there are people in your organization who you haven't spoke with, do we know everyone who is interested? There are some people who will not reach out or raise their hand. And, you know, that's, again, a part of mentorship. Some folks might really want to be in, in leadership and maybe have phenomenal qualities that would make them a great leader, but they can't see themselves there or don't want to rock the boat or are afraid to ask or don't have anyone who align to leadership. So I, I want to touch on a great experience for myself. I was referred to Sunrun. The first manager who, who I worked with, um, I had worked with in the past, and I was referred to Sunrun by him. And I came in, a lot of people you know, might know me, I came in with a plan and I, and I executed that plan. I knew what I wanted, but again, I, I also have spent a lot of time thinking about you know, my, my career and, and what I want to do and also have mentors not here at Sunrun, but also mentors outside of Sunrun who have helped me to shape my, my career and my, and my outlook and my approach. Though we have had a lot of people who have had really great experiences, we wanna make sure that we have our eyes open and our eyes out for anyone who may fall through the cracks or, or be looked over, um, and we don't want people looked over. So I would say that's, that's what good looks like. And again, it's not asking for handouts. It's, it's a hand up for, um, for some who, who may not have had the opportunity or the exposure in the past. Emmett, you wanted to say something? Yeah, I just really want to say real quick, you know, we were talking about experiences and I have to give a big like kudos to Doug Parks and I'd have for Jeremy Sullivan and Amy Hart, because these people have really, and I don't want to say a hand up, but uh, sometimes you just need a pull or a push to get something done. And they have been instrumental and has been an awesome experience. So we got one more slide. Let's go to our last slide. I'm, I'm not sure we're going to have time for questions. Maybe we will. I'll let uh, Amanda make that call. But I, I wanted to make sure we, we did this plug before we moved on. You'll see we've set up a new email address there, new email alias for diversity at Sunrun. If you've got any questions, comments, you want to talk about future topics for Canon Conversations, please send those to diversity at sunrun.com. And then to join any of our ERGs, and I'll go back to what I said when we started, to join any ERG, you don't have to be of the identity that's named in that, that ERG. Go to our page at, at One Sunrun, and I'll hand it back over to Amanda to close us out. I don't know if we've got time for questions or not, but I'll hand it back over to Amanda. There is one question I do want to touch on, and the question comes from, uh, from Randy Gibson, and that question is, can we create a mentorship or sponsorship program, you know, a possible list of those who can mentor and those who want uh, mentorship? I think, um, I think that's a, a phenomenal question and, uh, and a, a really great possibility 
of you know having those who are who are willing or interested in mentoring and matching those people up with those who um, who are interested in in being mentored or advanced. I think something that's really important to put out there when we talk about mentorship or sponsorship is the person who is doing the mentoring is not the person that's doing all the work, right? The person that's doing the mentoring is giving the giving the guidance, um, giving the coaching and helping to, to pull or, or guide um, that person to the goals that they set, you know, helping to course correct. So a mentorship program, I think is beautiful because it allows for the person who is interested in bettering themselves to do the work with the guidance of someone who they admire or someone who has, who has uh, advanced or made it to, um, to where they're going. So um, we've got two minutes. So if anyone wants to, to touch on it, on that question, um, before we close out, I definitely want to respect everyone's time. Yeah, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll just speak from a, a talent team perspective is absolutely. We've got a, a list of things on our, our roadmap, which includes, you know, how do we formalize some mentorship sponsorship programs? So I'll also give a plug. Me and my team right now, we, we've got a, a, a job posted out there, an internal job, which would help us. Uh, with with developing and creating priorities, but you know, don't wait for for me. Don't wait for talent. If you're an individual, you can do your own mentoring and sponsorship. Uh, your team, uh, if you're a leader of a team, you can create your own uh, mentoring initiative within your team. Uh, I'm happy to help with with some advice and, and and tips for that. So again, don't don't wait for us. Go go ahead and do it. Create it now. Robert Emmett, do you want to add something there? Yeah, it's really important for me just to reach out. I make myself available to anyone who has any questions. I mean, as a matter of fact, I had someone call me on the phone the other day to ask me about benefits. So being a mentor means if someone feels comfortable with approaching you, you have to be open enough to at least try to help. Just try to give them the tools that they need or say to them, or insinuate to them, hey, I don't have all these tools, but together we, we can probably find what you need. Just be there. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think we just need to to be available. But a big part of it, you know, I I you know rose fairly quickly within within the ranks through with Sunrun, and I didn't have you know sponsors. You know, I had a few you know a few that that have acted as as mentors uh, along the way, but to have even more support, you know, to encourage those that want to grow with the company is definitely, definitely needed to provide, you know, some different perspectives. Good point, Rob. Thank you. Well, uh, we really like to thank everyone for attending. If you have any questions, please reach out to us. If you don't want to reach out to the group individually, you know, our names and basically our names is our email here at the company. And, all the materials will be available for you. And thank you so much. Please stay tuned. Join us on our site to find out information of things that we will be doing in the future and programs and various items that we will be creating. Enjoy your day.